The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Azarchik fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Edwards. Deshaun Jackson gets a block. Are you kidding? McNabb is back. He is firing. Caught by Freddie Mitchell. It's fourth and it's still a foot. Didn't get it again. Did it again. That's unbelievable. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. You are listening to BGN Memories with John Stolmes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to BGN Memories, the podcast that takes you back through some of the most memorable moments in Eagles history. I'm your host, John Stolness, and today we're going to take a look back at a game that took place 30 years ago this week, September 17th, 1989. On that date, the Eagles played one of the craziest, most maniacal and memorable games in team history. It's really the first game that I remember as a kid being totally amazed at having watched live. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it's probably the game that made me fall in love with the Eagles and football in general. There are moments in a lifetime which defy explanation. Moments when the natural becomes the supernatural, and mere words cannot do justice to a man's deeds, deeds which spring from desperate circumstances. All right, well, maybe John Vicenda oversold it a little bit, but it was still a pretty unbelievable football game. Uh, This takes place back in week two of the 1989 season, and the Eagles were in Washington, D.C. at RFK Stadium. And this game had more incredible plays, more big moments, more swings of emotion than virtually any other game I can remember. But let's just set up this 1989 season. And uh, coming into 1989, the Eagles were in the process of building something special. It was their fourth year under Buddy Ryan, and things were really starting to come together, really starting to gain some momentum. They had surprisingly won the NFC East on the final day of the season the year before, their first playoff berth in seven years, and finished 10-6. and Of course, that season ended with the Fog Bowl. They featured a blitz-heavy 46 defense that made Ryan the talk of the NFL after Super Bowl Twenty. When the Bears beat the Patriots 46-10, his first season was in 1986 with the Eagles. We're moving now to 1989, his fourth season, and this team was loaded. This was perhaps the greatest collection of defensive talent the franchise has ever seen. I mean, this group, of course, of Reggie White, the Hall of Famer, he had 11 sacks that year. But Clyde Simmons had 15 and a half sacks on the other side of the D-line. Jerome Brown was the best defensive tackle in football. 10 and a half sacks from the interior. Mike Pitts started all 16 games, and he was the low guy with seven sacks himself. He had Seth Joyner, Byron Evans, and Al Harris at linebacker. Joyner and Evans, two of the hardest-hitting playmaking linebackers in the game. And in the secondary, he had a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, Eric Allen. He had eight interceptions that year. 
along with William Frizzell and Izell Jenkins, a couple guys who struggled uh, covering people. But as we remember from uh, Buddy Ryan's 46 defense, a lot of times those guys were left on islands with Wes Hopkins and Andre Waters rushing the passer a lot. It was a monstrous unit that terrorized people. The offense was led, of course, by Randall Cunningham, who graced the cover of Sports Illustrated's NFL preview issue that year, labeled the ultimate weapon, the quarterback of the future. And if you kind of want a good comparison, he was the Patrick Mahomes of that era at this time. Although, you know, I don't think anybody has ever gotten off to the start that Mahomes is off to for Kansas City. But hype-wise, it's a pretty good comparison. On the morning of this big game against a division rival, the team announced that Cunningham had signed a five-year contract extension worth $15 million, which at the time made him the highest-paid player in the game. So imagine signing a $15 million deal in the morning and then getting ready to go out there and playing ball just a few hours later against Washington. And his talent at the receiver position was pretty darn good. Mike Quick was still in his prime, and you had Chris Carter really bursting onto the scene in his second full season with the Eagles. This is before he became a Hall of Famer, but he made a lot of big plays on the outside that year. They had the best tight end in football in Keith Jackson and in Keith Byers. They had a pass-catching running back that was the best at doing that in the NFL. What they did not have was a running game. Randall led the team in rushing that year with just 621 yards. Anthony Tony was second at 582, and Byers was third at 452. They only averaged 4.1 yards per attempt, which is a small number by that era's standards. So they come into week two. They easily dispatched the Seahawks at home in week one, 31-7. Washington had lost their opener, and they were coming off an 88 season that saw them go 7-9. and nine. They finished in third place in the East behind the Eagles and Giants. Joe Gibbs was the head coach, having won the franchise's second Super Bowl two years before in 1987. Washington was led by quarterback Mark Rippon, still two years away from his incredible MVP-like season where he was at the helm of one of the greatest teams the NFL has ever seen. He had three 1,000-yard receivers to throw to, Gary Clark, Art Monk, and Ricky Sanders, an incredible array of pass-catching targets that year. Like the Eagles, they didn't run the ball much, with no 1,000-yard rusher, but on this day, one of their running backs went off, Gerald Riggs. However, Riggs' day would turn south in a very big way right at the end. So let's take you out to RFK Stadium in Washington with Vern Lundquist and Terry Bradshaw on the call for CBS. A sold-out crowd at RFK Stadium in the nation's capital for this significant NFC Eastern Division battle. The Eagles of Philadelphia against the Redskins of Washington. And things did not get off to a good start for the Birds. In fact, they went south on the very first play of the game. It's play action. Rippon going deep down the far sideline. It is caught. And racing all the way down is Gary Clark. He's going to go. Touchdown. 80 yards. Gary Clark. That Gary Clark 80-yard touchdown from Rippon gave Washington a real quick 6-0 lead on the first play of the game. Chip Lowmiller would miss the extra point, however, but the Eagles were not done giving them gifts. On their first possession, Anthony Tony got the carry on the team's third play of the game and yakked it right up. Anthony Tony again with a 25 fumble. Redskins ball. And that gave Washington prime field position that they would take full advantage of. And on Riggs. Breaks a tackle. Breaks another. Foot race to the end zone. Eric Allen chasing him. Touchdown. See, this is just straight off, fire off blocking. And Riggs has the ability and he has the freedom given to him by Gibbs. He says, take the ball, go up. Forget where the blocking is. If you see a gap, take it. 
Riggs went inside, was hit, bounces outside. Two touchdowns on Washington's first two plays of the game, and they had a quick 13-0 lead. It was also the start of a huge day on the ground for Riggs, who was a big, huge, bruising running back. Back when NFL teams used to have those kinds of guys in the backfield, he rumbled all over the Eagles' defense on this day. The Eagles got the ball back, and the teams traded turnovers, with Tony fumbling deep in his own territory again. However, Rippon threw an interception to Eric Allen to hold off further damage. But Cunningham threw his lone interception of the day not long after that. The Eagles' third turnover of the first 10 minutes of the game, which Washington then capitalized on. A lot of movement and a lot of time for Rippon across the middle. Touchdown, Biner. And with that 11-yard Ernest Biner touchdown catch, the Eagles found themselves down 20 to nothing before it felt like anyone even had a chance to catch their breath. So we move into the second quarter. The Eagles finally got on the board thanks to their outstanding quarterback and tight end, Keith Jackson. Cunningham, Manley coming from the left. Randall steps up, fires, touchdown Philadelphia. Keith Jackson. And again, an example of how he can be so dangerous when he gets out of the puck. And that made the score 20-7. to And for those who don't remember, Keith Jackson was easily the best pass-catching tight end in a league where tight ends really didn't do all that much catching. Sure, he had guys like Kellen Winslow Sr. in the era before. You had Dwight Clark and guys like that. And Jackson was just like one of those guys. He hauled in 81 catches as a rookie tight end the season before, which was an NFL record. And in 1989, he only started 12 games and caught another 63. He was a first-team All-Pro in each of his first three seasons in the NFL, and he would have a huge day on this day. So again, that made the score 20-7, to but Washington answered right back. Third down from the five. Rippon on a line. Touchdown, Gary Clark. It was Clark's second touchdown of the day and made the score 27-7. to Washington had their 20-point lead back, but that's when Rippon and the offense started to get a little bit careless with the ball. And that's when the Eagles' pass rush started to get home. Midway through the second quarter, William Frizzell made things happen. Third and 13. Rippon. No. Wins it. Picked off. Intercepted by William Frizzell. And he is out of bounds. First and goal at the five. And that was followed by the man who had already fumbled twice in the game, getting a chance at redemption. First and goal. Cunningham. Toss to Tony. Left side. Touchdown, Philadelphia. Anthony Tony's six-yard touchdown run got them to within 13, but a Chip Low Miller field goal just before the half sent the Eagles to the locker room down 30-14. to And things were looking bleak for the Eagles at this point. Randall Cunningham had turned the ball over once. Andrew, uh, Anthony Tony had uh, put it on the ground twice. Washington was doing whatever they wanted to on offense. So as the Eagles went into the locker room down 30-14, to things did not look like they were going to turn around. But when we come back from the break, we'll see things do a 180 at RFK Stadium. And we'll get back to more of the action up next, right here on BGN Memories. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Well, the Eagles started the third quarter needing some momentum, and after trading punts, they went on a 92-yard drive that ended in another touchdown catch by Keith Jackson. Cunningham is back. He's loading up. He's being chased. He starts to roll. He puts it in the air. Touchdown to Keith Jackson! It's a little NFL Films music behind you there. You might hear that again throughout the course of this thing. Uh, and it's just one of the things that made Randall so special was this was a play-action pass, and he was a magician at the play-action pass. He could literally put the football into the breadbasket of a running back and sell it better than any quarterback in football. It was such a deceptive fake handoff. He got a lot of touchdowns sucking in the linebackers and safeties, and that's exactly what allowed Jackson to roam free uh, out into the flat and get that score, suddenly making it a one-score game. And after another foray deep into Eagles territory, the Eagles forced Rippon into yet another turnover, a growing theme here in the second half. That helped turn Washington away from what seemed to be another certain score. Ball in 20, final minute, third quarter. Ripper, that may be a fumble. That is a live football. Andre Waters picks it up. And he is down at the 43-yard line. Raleigh McKenzie caught him from behind. It's a mismatch. Top left, you're going to see Andre Waters, 20, coming up in the blitz. Jerome Brown, 99. He gets inside. It was a blocking assignment. And so as the third quarter ended, the Eagles trailed Washington 30-21, to and we entered the fourth quarter, one of the craziest quarters of football in Philadelphia Eagles history. The Eagles made Rippon and Washington pay for that costly fumble when he threw what would become a very popular throw to a Hall of Famer, the fade to Chris Carter. Cunningham back. He floats it into the end zone. And we should probably take a moment and talk about Chris Carter a little bit here, who had five catches for 79 yards in that touchdown on the day. Buddy Ryan took Carter in the fourth round of the 87 supplemental draft, and he didn't see much action his rookie year. Hauled in just five passes for 84 yards and two touchdowns. But he emerged as the team's number two wideout in their playoff season in 1988 with 39 catches, but for 761 yards and six touchdowns. Emerged as a big play guy, and he blossomed into the Birds' best red zone target because of Cunningham's ability to throw the fade to Carter in the back of the end zone. This is something they did over and over and over again in 1989, throwing the fade to Carter, who would go up and had such incredible body control that he could get to the highest point and get over any defensive back and bring that ball down. He led the Eagles with 11 touchdown catches in 1989, which was third most in the NFC. He caught 45 passes for 605 yards that season. However, after that, Carter was surprisingly cut by Buddy Ryan before the next preseason in an apparent falling out. I mean, his play in 1989 made you think that he was on the way to becoming an, an integral part of what was going to be a really good Eagles team for a long time, but... Buddy Ryan, when he cut him, uttered the now famous phrase, well, all he does is catch touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty important part of football, and no one could understand it at the time. 
But Carter would later say that it was Buddy showing him tough love, that he was released because of alcohol and drug abuse issues, particularly problems with ecstasy, cocaine, and marijuana. And Chris Carter would later credit Buddy for helping him turn his life around. So while that was all good for Chris Carter, and it's a, it's a fantastic story, and of course we know Carter from his work as an analyst on TV today, the Eagles' loss was the Vikings' gain. He made it to eight straight Pro Bowls after that and was a two-time first-team All-Pro and a Hall of Famer. And after Carter's catch here in this particular game, Week 2 in 1989, the Eagles had drawn to within two. The score was 30-28. to And remember, at this time, there is no two-point conversion in the NFL. So the Eagles are going to have to chip away with field goals and, uh, and, and extra points and touchdowns. There's no two-point conversion to get themselves closer here. So the Eagles were to within a field goal. And after another Washington turnover, there would be six Washington turnovers on the day. The Eagles got into field goal position with a chance to take the lead. Luis Dejas, do it, my man. Kelchin's hold is down. The kick is up. It's no good. Oh, Luis. That 38-yard miss by Zendejas kept the Eagles deficit at two, and Washington took advantage. After another turnover was followed by an Eagles punt, Rippon connected with Art Monk, on this 48-yard touchdown strike. Third and five. Blitz. Rippon. Left side for Monk, who's open. Touchdown. So Washington had its nine-point lead back, 37-28, and the Eagles had precious little time left. But they did drive down the field, and just inside of two minutes, Cunningham found quick for an impossible touchdown catch in the back of the end zone that made it 37-35, a catch you really have to see it on video to believe. Blitz. Cunningham off his back foot. Leaping grab. Touchdown! This one's a candidate for the replay, I promise you. The back judge, who was right on the line, signaled touchdown. And possession of the ball when he hits the ground. That's all it takes. Did he have it? There's the catch. Left foot. Right foot. Left foot. Touchdown. Touchdown. Kind of sounds like Terry Bradshaw's on helium there. Maybe it's just the old video recording. But anyway, that catch was insane. There were five Washington defenders with Quick and Carter all in the same place in the back of the end zone near the field goal post. And how anyone came down with that ball is a miracle. No one could see who came down with the ball. I don't know how the refs made that call because there was a tangle of like 14 legs and feet and trying to unpack it all in order to see if anyone came down with it was a miracle. But after a replay review, which by the way, instant replay was still relatively new to the NFL in 1989, the call was confirmed and the Eagles were still alive. So instead of an onsides kick here, the Eagles decided to kick it away. Again, we're about, we have less than two minutes in the game here, but the Eagles had all three timeouts, and they were hoping their outstanding defense could stop Riggs and Washington's offense one more time. But Riggs had other ideas. On the first play of that series, he ripped off a 58-yard run that seemed to be the nail in the coffin. Now, the saving grace was that Eric Allen streaked all the way from across the other side of the field and managed to somehow knock Riggs out of bounds at the Eagles' 22. But here you've got Washington in field goal range again. Riggs had rushed for a career-high 213 yards to this point and a touchdown on 27 carries. So he was going to be the hero of this game. And with Washington in field goal range, all they had to do was run the ball three times, force the Eagles to take their three timeouts, or get another first down on the ground. But then, on third down, Riggs' magical day turned into a nightmare. 
The fumble itself was almost impossible to believe. With 1-12 remaining on the Eagles' 20, Riggs put the ball on the ground. Al Harris picked the ball up, and as he was being pulled to the ground, somehow handed it off to Wes Hopkins, who raced down the left sideline and appeared headed to the end zone. The camera shot was still on Harris because they thought he had been tackled, and then you see everyone's confusion as Hopkins is racing downfield with Seth Joyner trying to provide blocking before Hopkins is eventually tracked down and knocked out of bounds inside the Washington five-yard line. Here was CBS's call of that play. Now, third down. Fumble! Eagles get it back. They are out of timeouts, but they have the ball. And here goes Wes Hopkins. This play is still live. There has been no indication of out of bounds. Hopkins is out of bounds at the five-yard line. The straight handoff, Riggs has had a successful day all day long. There's the fumble. Looked like his own man. Vernon looked like his own man. Raleigh McKenzie, the center, knocked the ball out of Riggs by pulling up in by McKenzie. He fumbles, and there's Hopkins. Now he's going down the sideline. Seth Joyner, 59, is going to help him. Jerome Brown, 99, no help at all. Just too big, too out of shape, I guess. And here was the call from Mel Reese and Stan Walters. Single setback is Riggs, who takes the handoff, comes along the line. Scrum, the football is loose, and the Eagles are on it. It's recovered, and coming up with the football is Al Harris. Al no, Harris, he's got it, he's and got I guess it. Hopkins it's is going down the sideline. Hopkins with the football. He's going to go down the sideline. Are the officials going to bring it down? He cuts back at the 15, at the 10. Yeah. at the ball. The Eagles, already in field goal range, finished the job with Cunningham's fifth touchdown strike of the day. Cunningham, play action, is rolling, still rolling, firing, touchdown, Keith Jackson! Keith Jackson! And the Eagles take the lead! And the miracle comeback was complete. The Eagles held on and finished off one of the wildest, most improbable victories in team history, 42-37, moving them to 2-0 on the season and dropping Washington to 0-2. Cunningham, who had just signed that big contract that made him the highest paid player in football, had his best game as an Eagle that day. He only rushed for six yards on seven attempts and was a machine from the pocket. 34 for 46 for 447 yards and five touchdowns for a passer rating of 131.3. Jackson led the team with 12 catches for 126 yards and three touchdowns. And that would have been a fun fantasy line for some lucky owner if fantasy football existed in 89. Keith Byers led the team in receiving yards that day with 130 on eight catches. On the other side of the ball, Clark called in four balls for 153 yards and two touchdowns, but Rippon struggled after starting off hot, completing just over half his passes, 12 for 23, for 288, four touchdowns and two interceptions. Jerome Brown got two sacks on the day. Allen and Frizzell each had picks, and the teams combined for six lost fumbles in the game and nine turnovers overall. So while their 20-point comeback was incredible and the swings back and forth in this game gave fans vertigo all day, it wasn't the biggest Eagles comeback of all time. They came back from 24 down in a game against Washington in 1946 and in a game against the Chicago Cardinals in 1959. They trailed by 23 in a game against the Cleveland Browns in 1991. They trailed by 21 a couple of different times in 93 against the New York Jets. That was the game Randall Cunningham broke his leg in an early October matchup. 
And of course, perhaps the most memorable game of this generation, other than the Super Bowl, the Miracle at the Meadowlands Part 2 or 3 or at the New Meadowlands or whatever, the Deshaun Jackson punt return game. It's a duckler. Jackson takes it at the 35, fumbles it, picks it up, looks for running room. He's at the 40. He's at the 45. Oh! He's going to go! Deshaun Jackson! Oh! They also rallied from 20 down against the Dallas Cowboys at home in October the previous year in 1988. So it wasn't the largest comeback of all time, but it was up there. Now, I'm not going to get too much into what happened the rest of the season because we're going to be doing some more looks back at the 1989 season, seeing as how it was 30 years ago. And in fact, next week, we'll tackle another game from the 89 season. It'll be a game that happened on my birthday, September 24th, when the team of the 80s, the 49ers, came to Veterans Stadium to face what we thought was going to be the team of the 90s. As for Washington, they would go on to beat the Eagles later in the season, but finish 10-6, and six, not good enough to make the postseason for the second year in a row. They would, of course, go on to have a 14-2 and two season in 91 and win the third Super Bowl over Jim Kelly's Buffalo Bills. The last time, by the way, Washington has won a Super Bowl. Until next time, I'm John Stolness, and this has been BGN Memories. Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable! This is unbelievable. This is I can't believe it. I can't believe what a game. B G N.